to NURFM. It is time to talk travel. And Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein. Sally, we've got some interesting things today. We're going to take a look at why you should use a travel agent or not, as the case may be. A few interesting bits and bobs today, I thought, Jane. And I got a nice little comment um, during the week about some of the quotes I did last week. So I thought I'd quote a couple more, just two more uh, of those as well. But it's interesting. There's just been a a think tank, if you like, um, in Singapore recently, which is addressing travel agencies and travel agents, should I say, and and suggesting that they change uh, the way they operate. Um, and that you become more like a travel expert or he even said a travel concierge or call yourself a travel specialist because of the internet now some agents are becoming more like the internet and and therefore you shouldn't do that you should be doing something different which in what we're saying is and what I try to do is in all my years of travel is is pass on that expertise that knowledge that you can't get from the internet that personal touch and the fact that you're actually talking to somebody and I think that's an important thing as well you can discuss options with you can't discuss it with a computer I mean it's not a person after all even though it tries to be so you know I just thought I'd mention this and also the search engine options too you do have of course good search engine options on the internet but it travel agency also does and they have different ones that you might be able to find on the internet that are particular to their industry so you know that's again something to keep in mind and also they can offer your expertise on a destination and of course add value by providing additional services and also as we've mentioned before Jane if something goes wrong when you're overseas, like, you know, as we know, d- disasters, whatever it may be, the travel agency is your fallback guy to get you home safely. And that's something a computer can't do either or the internet. So, you know, there are always pros and cons in everything in life. But I think if you find a good travel agent, they will look after you. They'll become a personal consult, you know, to consult you like you would your doctor, your accountant, your solicitor. And if you establish a relationship, they'll know your expe- expectations and needs that you want out of a holiday. And I think that's a good way to go. Use the internet though still. I, I don't yes, say don't use Yes, you often talk about using the internet. I yeah. do. And I think, yes, definitely still use the internet as a tool. Most definitely. And, and get armed with all that lovely information and take it into your travel agent. So it's a combination of using both I think and then we'll all be happy (laughs) keep us all in a job as well but it's good that people are thinking about this sort of thing and how direction should go maybe people should change and that's it and I guess sometimes we all know we're a little bit hesitant to change aren't we but sometimes we have to 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 move on and I think that's always important to look at probably how you can better yourself I guess that's the main thing how you can improve how can you can improve what you offer to your client and I think that's the important thing that they're getting the most out of their holiday obviously that's the important thing that's what you want a happy happy customer um, talking quotes as we were um, I'll just quote you two more this is another Chinese one a gentleman called Lin Yu Tang and he says no one realises how beautiful it is to travel until he comes home and rests his head on his old familiar pillow hmm Yes, and that's often very true, isn't, isn't it? it? You get the best insights yes. when you've returned from yeah, your holiday. Yeah, and you've done so much and suddenly you come home and it all washes over you and you have these wonderful memories and, you know, at the time you look at things and just take it on board and accept it, then you come home and think, wow, I really did that. I really saw that, you know, and so you get more out of it, I think, once you come home. It's quite exciting. Um, and the other one that was given to me this week, just because they said, oh, you know, I found one for you. Man cannot discover new oceans unless he has courage to lose sight of the shore. Mm. Take 
the challenge. Take the challenge. So moving right along, I thought we'd just hark back to Vietnam. Um, it's a fabulous place for a holiday and lots of people have been talking to me about it lately and I just thought, go now, go as quickly as you can. I mean, I first went nine years ago and again a couple of years ago and the changes are happening rapidly and rural rural Vietnam sorry I was going to say China then but rural Vietnam and rural China for that matter is is still sometimes in a bit of a time warp but the cities are growing you know at a really great rate of knots and if you want to experience that wonderful Vietnamese Vietnamese sorry hospitality food etc the wonderful destinations they have Ha Long Bay with its limestone cast which you shouldn't miss Hoi An which is UNESCO World Heritage as is Ha Long Bay beautiful cobblestone streets you know, little Japanese-covered bridges, famous for tailoring, cooking schools, etc. And I was reading an article the other day, the Ho or the Fo, they called it, well, I mean the Fo, should you go to Ho Chi Minh City, should you go to Hanoi? And it ended up, the article said, make time to do both. They're both so different. Ho Chi Minh's in your face 24-7, it doesn't stop. Hanoi is more refined, if you like, with, you know, a lot of expats, but a lot of French influence, treed boulevards, beautiful streets, the, Ho, the, the Lake Hoa, uh, Kiem Lake, um, just wonderful. And I think, yes, you can't compare them because they're two very different cities and they both deserve time. So when you go to Vietnam, please give yourself time because there is so much to see and do there and the Mekong Delta as well, of course. So you need a good couple of weeks at least, I think. And, and Sapar and the North, as you and I know, Jane, is once you get into those Northern Hill Tribe areas, that's another world again, isn't it? And the markets up there just just for the locals and they're really quite fantastic things for you very to colourful yeah and a nice long train ride to get up there overnight but that's worth every bit of it and the people again are absolutely fantastic travel is the topic on to NURFM Sally Lucas and I are enjoying ourselves and we're heading off to France right now there's some rather good news Sally Lucas about um, dining in France yes next year Jane um, Alain Ducasse, who is a famous uh, French chef, um, is um, celebrating 25 years of his quintessential cuisine. And he started, actually, at at the request of Prince Rainier III in Monte Carlo. And it was called Le Louis XV. And the restaurant is done out, as you could imagine, and it's a very sumptuous dining room and looks like a bit like something out of the Palace of Versailles, you know, with all its opulent, um, you know, decorations and dining chairs, etc. But what's happening is he is celebrating, as I said, 25 years of this wonderful cooking he has done over the, over the, those 25 years. And there's special menus are being produced for this at his various different restaurants. So if you want to get onto his website, it's just, um, the three W's of a course and then Alain, A-L-A-I-N, the French way of spelling, dot, uh, not dot, sorry, dash, dash Ducasse, D-U-C-A-S-S-E dot com. Now if you go in on there, you'll see where all his restaurants are located. Um, he's got from memory a good half a dozen or so in Paris and others scattered throughout France and also in other cities in the world like New York and so on. So he's presenting some beautiful menus when you have a look at these. You can There's a, a fixed price luncheon menu. I mean they're not cheap but I didn't think it was over the top, like 80 euros um, and certainly they have some anniversary dinners and some special events as well. So if anyone's going there next year, what a wonderful you know occasion and he does source anything that's local, organic. He's very particular about where he sources his food etc so just keep that in mind if you're going to France next year it'll be wonderful to to share a meal at one of his restaurants he is a chef of some renown absolutely he is and I think uh 
I know for myself that I, I love looking at these recipes and, and I do love French food, of course, so that helps, doesn't it? So a bit of <laughs> drooling over the internet is uh, good too? It is, it is. And um, talking France too, I just thought the, the train services now, as we've talked about before within Europe, Jane, are becoming increasingly better, faster, more, you know, lines have been laid to, to give you access to different countries and different destinations. But certainly within France itself, if you wanted to sip your way through France and not drive and, you know, you can certainly... 45 minutes and you can be in the Champagne district from Paris. I mean, you can go across to Strasbourg, which is famous in the Alsace region for uh, Rieslings, of course, uh, Gewürztraminer, uh, Pinot Gris, uh, Tokay, and etc. Um, then down into Burgundy, as the name would suggest, um, but they also have Chablis in that area. Down into the Rhone Valley, where you've got famous for the Cote de Rhone wines um, and the Rosés in particular, the Chateau Neuf de Pape. Now, to get down even all that way from from you know, Paris right down to, say, uh, Montpellier, for example, is only three and a half hours, which is quite fantastic when you think about it. Or you can go in three hours, you can be in the beautiful Bordeaux region, which, again, for the Madoc wine and um, Saint-Emilion wines there is just quite, quite famous. And then you can come down into Languedoc-Roussillon, uh, which is where we stayed a couple of years ago, which that beautiful medieval village called Uze and Carcassonne. And you've got this wonderful mountain range, the Cévennes, and you can do some fantastic um, you know, drives in through there. Just hire a little car locally once you get there. But use your train to get you, you know, no hassle, no traffic worries, no driving, hop on the train one end, get off the other, no queues like there is for airports, no security checks. You know, you can have a nice little meal and a wine even on board while you watch the world go by. So it's a wonderful way to get around any of the European countries, but in particular France, to visit all these well-renowned and wonderful food and wine areas. So I'm hoping that you might be able to shout yourself an Alain Ducasse meal at least uh, next year at one of his beautiful restaurants. And, and then hop on the train and go to another great place. Absolutely, and what a way to go. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. We'll be talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2 and URFM.